Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. And yes, you do. You go into the greatest little country of the world, which is uh, Showreel on 3CR, your community radio station. You're with Annie for the next half hour. We're uh, going to be uh, looking at a couple of aspects of the Australian film and uh, moving image industries and uh, the what we're looking at today is Screen Rights. Now Screen Rights is an organisation that uh, collects uh, um, royalties for uh, filmmakers and other people in this industry and part of their uh, initiatives ha- to support the industry has been the uh, Culture Fund. Uh, it g- gives out a certain amount of funding to support uh projects that are have got uh, more legs than just uh, individual projects uh, making films and other products like games and stuff like that within the uh, framework of the Australian industry uh, and uh, they gave um, funding $266,000 of uh, funding to six initiatives this year in the 2023 cultural fund round and uh, they're really fascinating collection of uh, um, projects. And I got to speak to one of the uh, people uh, responsible for one of the uh, winning uh, projects, the Developing Diverse Screen Sound Practitioners Futures. Um, so I got to speak to Alicia Butterworth, who is part of that initiative. And uh, I'll leave her to explain what that's about. But I'll give you a little bit of an understanding of some of the other successful projects to give you an idea of how interesting this culture fund is. And if you have projects that you might want to follow up through this system for 2024. Uh, Pink Lady Creative Pathways and Connections Workshop Program. This is a place-based program that aims to break down barriers and empower 40 children from three rural and or isolated communities in Western Victoria to access and engage with the screen industry through workshops across a six-month period. The workshops will focus on accessible augmented reality technology and build towards an outcome where participants present their story output at places they value in their communities. Isn't that amazing? What a great idea. Uh, Then we move on to the Unquiet Collective Distribution Impact Lab. 
the Unquiet Collective will offer an intensive social impact and non-theatrical planning lab for three films in the lead-up to their release. The three film teams will be invited to work with Unquiet to develop their impact strategies and non-theatrical release plans. In addition to targeted advice with each film team, the lab will cover the following topics. Development of impact strategy, sector planning and partnership development, distribution strategy, non-theatrical terms and strategy, fundraising, PR, marketing and theatrical release advice. It goes on and on and on. Um, I, in fact, next week I think I might... Um, play a rather interesting uh, workshop that was put on by uh, Documentary Australia about what impact uh, strategies are. You might be interested to hear what's going on in that uh, realm. Uh, there was uh, another one of the winners was the lab, First Nations Women, Women Screen Directors Lab. The lab aims to develop and deliver a bespoke National Scream Directing Workshop for Six First Nations Women. This is a pretty interesting idea, isn't it? Anyway, it goes on. Really fantastic ideas. Uh, and this particular one was pretty fantastic too. This is about uh, uh, supporting uh, sound technicians uh, for film and uh, other aspects of the moving uh, uh, image industries in Australia. Uh it's called Developing Diverse Screen and Sound Practitioner Futures. And uh, this is what Alicia Butterworth had to say. Can I first ask you a little bit about your own background into sound and sound recording and uh, creating landscapes for a uh, moving image? Yeah, sure. Um, I went to film school and I fell in love with sound while I was at film school. I started out in a live sound mixing sound for my ba uh, boyfriend's band, actually, um, and then did some live sound stuff and through film school just kind of majored in sound and then had a bit of a, uh interesting start in my career and just did lots of different things. And then um, I think it was about 2014, I met a sounder on set, a guy called Marty Fay, who um, I just asked his advice about how to get into location sound recording and he offered, he had a spare kit of gear sitting at home that he wasn't using and he offered me to use that um, while I was getting started rather than like buying some cheap crappy stuff. And so he uh, started, um, he kind of like set me on the path of being a sound recordist and got my career going and gave me referrals and I couldn't have done it without money. So um yeah, it, it it's kind of a um, wonderful collegial community that I stepped into, and just yeah, it, I'm, it's a real privilege to be a sounder, actually. Yeah, and that actually leads to why you have actually uh, applied uh, with others to the Screen Rights Culture Fund to do what you're doing now at the moment to try and bring more people into this same field, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, it was a few years ago, actually, where I had a baby. I've got a three-year-old uh, and I had a baby and I was working on this documentary um, about the women's state of origin team and they had a Screen Queensland funding agreement that they had to use female crew. And at the time... <laughs> Good show, yeah, At the time. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, there weren't many female sound recordists around. Um, we have a few in Brisbane. We actually have quite a few, which is amazing. But uh, they're of- often in very high demand and hard to get a hold of. Um, and so I couldn't find anyone to work on this documentary on the days that I couldn't do because uh, I just didn't want to be working too hard with the new baby and um, couldn't travel and stuff. So uh, we brought in a lady called Mel Bertram, um, who had done a lot of live sound and mixing and stuff, but not too much in the film realm. And she sort of got a trial by fire and jumped in the deep end and she did an amazing job and they loved her. And uh, she's a sounder in her own right now. But that um, that kind of really started it off for me. We created a group just on Facebook, really unofficial, of just all the female founders we knew or uh, students who were up and coming um, and just tried to make a collective so that we could actually put the call out. And it's kind of grown out of that. So me and my colleague, Tisa Newsom, um, who has been a sound designer and recordist and uh, also a lecturer for many decades now, uh, we sort of ran that group together and then uh, she had the idea to apply for screen rights and we put an application in and, very, we're so grateful to Screen Rights for actually supporting our uh, project. Um, we're really excited to get it off the ground. Well, that's the thing about sound, isn't it? It is completely seductive. Yeah, yes, yes. And so surreptitiously, it so, uh, sits in the background and people don't really notice it, but you can do so much with it in mood and emotion and setting scenes and making people feel things. Uh, well, in fact, if, yeah. it's, if it's not there... Uh, it breaks the uh, sense of uh, imagined space. If you don't actually have the soundscape running behind the action, people don't believe the action. Yes, yes, you're right, definitely. Uh, it can really make or break a film, your, your, the, what you do with the sound. And most people don't notice what you do as long as you do it right. If you make mistakes or do it wrong, then people notice but otherwise they don't really and so yeah it's an incredibly powerful tool that's very uh i mean the cliche is that uh sound is very unappreciated and you know that nobody really pays attention to the sound in industry either but i i'm finding that less and less true there's uh many directors and even cinematographers and stuff who just really appreciate the value of sound these days and i think that's really good and really powerful um but yeah the the impact on the audience is huge yeah, the impact on this, uh, the audience is huge. Um, I was noticing in uh, your background notes that uh, you are actually doing research for Griffith University uh, about uh, sound for virtual reality films. Now, that's a very interesting uh, set of uh, spatial sound design concepts, isn't it? Yeah, yes. Uh, and yes, I am. It's, uh, it's really interesting and fun because it's very different. Obviously, you're putting the audience in wider space that they can look around in like it's a very different perspective from the one we get in cinema and there's no close-ups and stuff like that um so what we do with sound is a bit different to what we do in cinema and um yeah it's it's been really interesting actually i've spoken to a lot of uh very talented people uh and there's no there's no real language in virtual reality yet people don't really know what the sound is supposed to feel like but there's some really interesting ideas and yeah it's an interesting space to be in yeah, well, you're a groundbreaker. Oh, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't go that far, but uh, thank you. Thanks. It's, a, it's certainly a fun, a fun PhD and fun research to be doing. So 
And, yeah. and in, in actual fact, um, this Green Rights uh, funding uh, uh, project is in collaboration with some of the uh, educational institutions in Queensland, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, we're, we're very lucky to have both Griffith University and SAE on board and they're going to be providing facilities and gear and uh lunch for the people who come yeah so we're very happy to have them on board uh Tifa and I teach at Griffith and I teach a bit at SAE as well um and they've got some fabulous students there who are really passionate about sound and we're excited to bring them in and yeah get it going tell me about the format that you expect to be running your project under uh, it's kind of three part. There's three parts to it, um, and we're basing the model on what ha- people have done for us. Uh, so what Marty Fay did for me, and also uh, how it worked with Mel uh, a few years ago. And it's the the three big barriers is training and just knowing what to do on set. Um, the universities do provide some sound training, and it's great, but it doesn't really fulfill it doesn't fill the gap in between that sort of basic level of you know getting around sound uh and then industry expectations um and we find that uh, a lot of new grads come on set and it's very easy to make mistakes and in a freelance industry um the, the way that film is it it's quite easy to get blacklisted very early on um which is really rough and some of these women have and men too I'm sure have had some rough first experiences on set uh, and so we'd just like to bridge some of that training gap and then another big barrier is just access to equipment the sound gear is so expensive uh, and getting access to it is hard because you can't just go to Lemac and hire it um, you've kind of got to find a kit of gear locally that somebody owns that they're not using that day and you can borrow it and it's just anything last minute doesn't work and it's just difficult. And obviously the equipment is quite technical. So when you're using equipment you haven't used before, you're much more likely to make mistakes and it's just difficult. Um, so the training, the gear, and the other one is just ongoing support and mentoring and a safe place to ask questions. And, you know, if, you ha- if you're on set and something dies and you can reach out to people and go, what do I do uh, in that space? So, yeah, we're just trying to do all three yeah, okay. And uh, I mean, it's funny because I, I worked on some sets and of course the uh, the sound person is always the last person to be taken into account. And uh, then people <laughs> go really angry at them for letting the mic fall, you know, the boom mic uh, be in shot and stuff like that. But it's, it's really... <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, and it's a bit like uh, collecting sound because I do sound for demonstrations and stuff like that, you know, collecting information and stuff like, at a demonstration. But the point is it's about uh, actually reconnoitering the situation first up and having enough uh, guts to actually present your needs, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And uh, kind of preempting the problems that are going to happen so that you can be ready I guess because yeah you're totally right there is less patience for sound on set than there is for some other departments um and that that is just the reality reality of it at the moment I'm, I'm sure it will change more but um yes you need to hurry up and wait uh as a sounder um and yeah so definitely being able to anticipate some of the stuff that you're gonna need to do so that you're ready to go when they're ready to roll but then yeah also standing up for yourself and being firm in what you need to get wild lines or ambiences or just another take um, 
is really important too and having the confidence to do that. Some of the people that we've spoken to who are in that early career stage have spoken about um, just how they find the confidence to do that and asked, you know, about the gender stuff and uh, just being doubted or being seen as a just an assistant or something like that, which in the early parts of my career was definitely true. Um, I was often... People just assumed that I was the DOP's girlfriend <laughs> on set or in an assistant role and stuff. And uh, it's, yeah, getting it, get it, finding the confidence to um, just own your own space on set, I think, is a big part of uh, succeeding in film sound. Yeah, well, that's fantastic um, because uh, that just uh, is amazing, isn't it, that it's seen, you have to work so hard still on the ground for this recognition. Yeah, well, not, not me so much anymore. Uh, no, no, I'm a, but a fair bit older, <laughs> so I don't get that quite as often. Uh, but in the early days, it, yeah, it was um, it was a challenge. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and I'll tell you what: if you didn't have the um, material that they needed for later on, they'd be pretty dark on you. If you hadn't been. Oh hurt. yes. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, when you do make mistakes, they. Uh, it, Mm, the the blacklisting happens very easily. I have found. Um, well, it's it's very expensive. It's a very expensive uh, process, and you're you're touching on something that's really important about the film industry, aren't you? Which is that it's collegial. Yes, yes, it, far more so than I think anyone expects when you're first starting out. Um, the crews that I've been a uh, had the honour of working on have just they just have your back in a way that I never expected and I found it since becoming a mum too um, I thought it would be really hard because obviously with you know shoot hours and daycare and all that that's a whole other thing but um, the productions I've been a part of have just been so lovely and accommodating I've had so many productions offer for me to bring my daughter to set if I couldn't find a babysitter, which is crazy, I would never bring her to set because she's really loud and I'm a sound recordist. Um, but they, they've actually been really wonderful and I've been so surprised at uh, just continuously throughout my career at, about how fantastic the crew are um, here in Brisbane. So what you're really saying is that once you're in the door, every the uh, the world embraces you, but you actually have to get through the door. Yeah, that's right. Definitely. Yeah. So once you're in, it's fabulous. <laughs> the teams are lovely and uh, the work's really interesting. And yeah, but making that making that jump from, you know, low budget short films or uh, corporate stuff into the industry where you can work on broadcast jobs and um, documentaries and drama and stuff like that, making that crossing that barrier is difficult. Hi, my name is Rolf de Heer. I don't live in Melbourne. I live across the water in Tasmania. But if I did live in Melbourne, my number one radio station would be 3CR because it's about community and community matters. You're with Annie on Showreel and uh, we're speaking to Alicia Butterworth. She's been given, she and a group have been given a uh, Screen Rights Culture Fund uh funding up to the uh, about $40,000 to run a project called Developing Diverse Screen Sound Practitioner Futures. And so she's been telling us about what it's all about and how it's useful to 
the industry in Australia. And we're just going to finish off with a few details about how you might get involved if you're interested in this. So tell me, you're going to do it as uh, workshops and you're going to have uh, 15 to 20 people in each of those workshops. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sorry. Um, Yeah, so we're going to run some workshops. We're thinking at this stage, we're thinking about five uh, full day workshops with 15 to 20 people, uh, really hands on. So we want uh, the people who come to just get really good access to the gear and just be able to play around with the setups that we use in industry all the time Um, and just very industry focused training. So bridging that gap between university training and what you're going to have to do when you get on set. Um, Yeah. The workshops are going to be held at Griffith and SAE. So so it's kind of like um, an augmented uh, uh, or the next stage for people who have already uh, done the university training. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. And also, um, the other side of it is for people who are already in, in, in industry but want to move sideways or progress in their career into other aspects. So, I very much focus on documentary and unscripted, but I would love to learn from uh, people like Cara Mulman, who Cara is a fantastic sound utility who works on drama. Um, and so, radio miking is her game. Like, she is just an absolute legend when it comes to radio miking and so for me to learn from her in that space would be amazing and then one of our workshops that we're talking about doing is focused on future sound so looking at you know game engine sound and um, VR sound and the spatial sound and while I've done one side of that we're talking about um, bringing in Maze Wallen uh, to talk about the game engine side and for me <laughs> it's, it's quite selfish but for me that's so exciting because just bringing all these people together I think will give uh, people in industry as well that just a a whole bunch of extra skills to sort of diversify and step sideways into other roles and feel confident doing so. So so people from any part of Australia can apply for this who are female or uh, non-binary? Yeah so it's it's really hard to specify basically if you're a a minority in the screen sound um, industry, then you are very welcome uh, to apply. We're kind of thinking that it's going to be a bit of a minority club. Um, And sorry, I said apply. You don't have to apply. We're running it for people, so women, people who identify as non-binary or transgender or um, any sort of uh, minority group in the screen sound industry. Uh, can come to these workshops and it doesn't matter what stage of your career you're in it's very much you can come along and just chat and meet people and learn from other soundos Um, and we just really want to create a community of support and yeah all right that's great um before i let you go um the screen rights culture fund which is pretty amazing because what it's doing is offering funds to projects that uh, have got a long-term heavy-hitting kind of uh, outcome for the industry. It's not, you know, uh, about a film or something in particular. It's, It's actually for the whole industry, the culture of the industry. Did you go to their uh, expressions of interest process or did you just uh, put in your uh, application hoping for the best? 
we did go through the expressions of interest process and I am so grateful to Screen Rights for putting that through because Tifa and I, we are not grant writers. We are um, educators and sound recordists and sound designers and so the grant writing process was definitely foreign to us. Um, but we really believe in this project and we really believe it can make a difference. And so we applied through the expression of interest and put in our application. And the lady who we spoke to was amazing. And she just gave us the best feedback about our application that I think made made the difference. I think her feedback was the difference between us not getting the grant and getting the grant. Um, that process was, yeah, just fabulous. I, I can't thank Screen Rights enough, both for the funding, the very generous funding and their process that they have allowed us to go through um, to get to get the project over the line. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, for people who want to follow up what you're doing, are there any details or a website or anything like that? Yeah, we don't have a website up and running yet, but we do have a Facebook group and uh, people could hit that up Um so we're under a group called Screen Sound Practitioners. And, of course, you're in Queensland. We are, yeah, yeah. So we're going to be running the workshops in Brisbane. We're inviting anybody from around Australia, but we'd love to actually expand uh, the program to other states with local founders. Um, yeah, it sounds like yeah. act, actors should be um, financing your uh, <laughs> workshops <laughs> or, you know, someone, someone should be, uh, you know, there's there's legs here. There's legs to your uh, your plan. Do this one and see what happens uh, next. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, good luck. Thanks, Annie. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> bye bye. Yeah, and that was uh, Alicia Butterworth, and she's right, it does have legs. It should be happening all across Australia. Um, that was, uh, she was talking about uh, this uh, workshop, a uh, series of workshops that she's putting together with others called. Um, uh, it's one of the uh, great projects that are coming out of Screen Rights Culture Fund. It's developing diverse screen sound practitioner futures and you should go to their Facebook site, uh, site Screen Sound Practitioners, to get more information. If you want to be putting in a, um application for next year's Screen Rights culture fund you should go to their website as well coming up next is published or not we'll go out with a lovely song by mia dyson
listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.